Attention. Attention. This is not a self-help podcast. This is a very exciting... Oh, I hate it when people start podcasts with exciting. This is a very new kind of podcast episodes for me, okay? Because I know that you guys always listen to the reality TV things. You love it. But 2.5 people have been asking that I do a little bit more skincare segments. And I thought, you know, I'm not the best at skincare. I'm definitely like a skincare lover, but I'm not an expert. So I am so excited to welcome Melanie Bender, who is the president of Vest Skincare. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. And I'm so, so thrilled to be here with you. Vest is an amazing skincare line. It's affordable. It's, you know, I, I hate it when people say natural, but it's just skin loving with all the right ingredients and it's very accessible. So I kind of want to ask you like, what is a brand general manager and what is a president and how did you get there? And just give me all the backstory basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I have the incredible privilege of running the, the day-to-day averse and of having led the development of it all the way beginning back in, in 2017, when we didn't have a brand, we didn't have a product. Um, we didn't have distribution. All we knew is that we wanted to create something in the beauty space. And that was when I was working with our, our CEO, Catherine Power, who is also the CEO of Who It Wear. And I was able to tap into Who It Wear's audience, Who It Wear's data and, and reach their connections to really build the brand that, that we felt was missing. And, and that's what led to, to Verse, to creating skincare that's clean, that's sustainable, that's accessible for everyone, that gives you those results. Um, and, and most of all, really democratizing that space because it really felt like if you wanted to have amazing skin, if you wanted to have products and a brand that you believe in, you had to shell out a lot of dough. You had to live in a city with a Sephora. You had to be willing to drop 300 bucks on a regimen. Um, and that's just not, not real for, for the majority of people. Um, and we were really passionate about taking all those trends that were happening at that, that top of the top and really making them for everyone. So I get to run um, all, all of our, our, our brand, our marketing, our creative, our distribution, our insights, um, our education, our product development, working with an incredible team uh, of leaders and doers uh, that get it all done. So it really is uh, an incredible job and role. It's a big job and role. And especially to be in skincare and beauty right now, it's just changing so, so quickly. And it's it's just super fun to, to be at the forefront of that. And how did you end up in that position? Like what brought you to this position? And please, I beg you, don't take this the wrong way. Don't give me that. If you have a dream, go follow it. Because I followed many dreams and that's not <laughs> how shit happens. Okay. So I, I will 100% agree with you. And I have exactly the wrong background to be doing what I'm doing. I studied engineering and environmental science in university. And my first job out of college was sustainability consulting. And it was at the age of probably 23 that I had like a quarter life crisis. And I said, what am I doing with my life? I hate what I'm waking up and going into work to do. I've studied this stuff for nine years. Holy shit, what did I do? Um, And I think one thing that I gave myself was the flexibility to essentially to fail to say, all right, this thing that I thought was right for me, nope, actually didn't work out, made the wrong choice. Um, and at the time I was living in New York, I grew up in Hawaii, um, which is a, a very different place to, to grow up than, than most of the US and the rest of the world. Um, so it was in New York that I really got to think big and, and be exposed to a lot of the other industries and fields that 
you know, I really just hadn't seen in a pre-social media world. Um, so it was then that I got into first um, fashion and then beauty, always with a, a bent of sustainability and more, more conscious brands. Um, and just loved, first of all, the connection to the consumer, you know, when you're in a state of buying and discovering fashion and beauty and skincare, it's just so emotionally tied to who you want to be, what you want to do, what you want the world around you to be. And that I just loved. And I charged after that with, <laughs> with every ounce of being and, um, you know, just started working in, in brand building and marketing and was able just to really kind of piece together a, an, an odd but interesting background, first in communications, then in digital, um, and then moving into to full brand development and product development, um, including spending a few years working with some incredible beauty product developers where I really learned you know, the chemistry behind it and the science behind it. And also <laughs> that the difference between a prestige beauty product and a mass beauty product is really just the packaging and markup. Um, and yes. that all, yes, yes, that, that is, that is, I um, have the, the products to prove it. Yes. Our, our, our press restart. And I have some of my favorites here too. Um, and it's, you know, it's beauty is one of those, yeah, weekend glow. Love my weekend glow. <laughs> beauty is one of those industries that, you know, for, for decades and decades and decades, it's been a huge business. It's been something that touches, if not every single person in, in the US, at least every single woman, we put time into it, we put money into it. And it just hasn't really evolved, I think, in in how it's needed to until really just recently. And especially the opaqueness to the industry and how products are made and what's actually in them and, and what you're paying for and who's touching it. So um, that's what's made it an incredibly cool industry to be in that it's relevant to so many people, but at the same time, there's so much work to be done. There's so much innovation to be done and just ripping it open by the scenes and inviting more people in to actually experience what it is. So, okay. We've gone through this a little bit before recording, but you know, obviously I'm looking at you now and I'm like, gosh, your skin is flawless. I'm super annoyed because I get really jealous of people that have really good skin. Um, <laughs> we both, you know, kind of admitted to each other that we do use the Zoom beautifying little option, which if you're not aware of it, like, what are you doing on Zoom? Are you in quarantine? Do Google you know it what right now. Yeah, like... Upgrade <laughs> Zoom first and then Google it. But, you know, as you were saying, there's only so much a filter can do. And I can see that your skin is amazing. Were you someone who was like passionate about skincare? Were you watching YouTube videos? Oh, no. Oh, no. no. I was I was uh, lying out on my roof with Maui Babe tanning. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. <laughs> In Hawaii, no less, where like the UV factor is literally like off the chart. Yeah. And I honestly, I think it's... Um, What's incredible about skincare is it's self-care and there's a little bit of um, making up for maybe past mistakes and, and past damage, which how, how rarely in life do we get that opportunity? So it wasn't until um, into my 20s that I really became interested in it and taking care of myself and learning about you know how it's all connected and, and how my skin is different from someone else's skin and what am I putting on it and how is it made and what's in it and ask myself all those questions. Um, so I'm, I am, you know, haven't been in, 
I haven't been as deep into it all of my life. And I feel like that's part of what's made this journey so fun that I've gotten to really discover and learn um, as I've gone and, and repent a little bit for, <laughs> for those earlier years. But that's actually a really interesting point that you made about, you know, repenting and fixing previous mistakes, because I feel like, oh, I'm going to get personal on this again. But like, what do you expect? I'm self-centered. I think we're kind of close in age. I'm not sure, but I believe so. I'm 31. I, I would be flattered to be so. So no, I'm 31. It. You're in your 30s. Oh, so I'm 35. Yeah, we're like close in age. We're like the yeah. same generation. We're kind of in that annoying generation. Sorry, I can't. I said this so many times because people did not have the knowledge and the awareness that they have now. So we're in that like stage where people have come up with all these things to fix the past mistakes, but the younger generation is definitely more aware and more informed. So they're actually able to prevent all these things from happening because of all the research that's been made in skincare. So when you're like me, 31, still trying to land a guy, but you have all these 23-year-olds that were able to watch a skincare routine on YouTube, you're like, we're, we're right at that stage where there's enough knowledge, but we wish we knew earlier type of thing. Oh, it, it's, it's so true. And if you ask, we, we, we do part of our band is a lot of community research and we just get to ask so many questions to so many different people. And the, the number one concern among Gen Z is anti-aging. So this is 13 year olds, 19 year olds. And that's what they're most concerned about. Honestly, probably from looking at you and I, and how much we're, we're stressed about our 12 step routine to, to undo that. But it's so true. And I give my mom such a hard time for not putting sunscreen on me as a child. And she says, well, you know, it, it, it wasn't really popular. <laughs> I know. And you know what? The amount of times that I've seen the Gen Z girls that I'm now essentially having to compete with, because yes, bitches, I am competitive. I've literally been wanting to like stick them in an oven and be like, you get that suntan that I've got all throughout my youth. <laughs> Did you do tanning booths? No, I did. I, I actually did not because I'm olive skin. So it was so now you're like shaming me because I did. I did a few of those even. And I think it was in college. <laughs> just, just don't do it. If you take one thing away from this, never ever go on a tank. Literally, only I would have a super amazing guest on my podcast and shame them. Can you believe this? <laughs> But can I'm I just say, for myself here, but. are you wearing Pangaea because you've redeemed I yourself? Am. Oh my okay, god, I've got the full set. So it's it's um. And my team knows is <laughs> I'm obsessed with what they're doing. Um, they're also the ethical story behind and, it. Yeah, what's that? They're also they're you know so incredibly thoughtful about how they manufacture it and how they tell their story. And that is something that I'm just so um, it always gets me excited because sustainability, conscious manufacturing, it really is. It's the way forward for for brands. But you have to connect that with the consumer. They have to understand the decisions they're making and what those mean because without that, you know they're not willing to pay a little bit more to wait a little bit longer to buy a little bit less all those things that need to happen to really make the progress um and they're one brand that i'm just such a huge fan of they just got the email yesterday that they're dropping sneakers made from industrial waste which is so cool. i saw that do you know what throughout my entire quarantine i've just been like using their skincare and wearing pangaea so we're, you know we're, we're definitely on the same page here like i also <laughs> am a huge fan of the brand i would i would put myself on a waiting list for what i have for pangaea and i would do it for versus 
as well, because I feel like they're a very similar strategy that they approach towards, you know, the the quality and, you know, being ethical and being sustainable yeah. and all those things. So yeah, you've redeemed yourself. I wasn't shaming you. I just praised you for a bit. <laughs> but I cannot believe that someone who's only a couple years older than me has all these responsibilities. I don't know how I would cope. So kind of walk me through like a typical day for you and what that entails. Yeah. And honestly, I have the most incredible team that I can fathom. And there is something so special that happens when you have the right brand, you have the right people, and you have the right support and opportunity in front of you. And I just want to hold on to it for dear life because they are truly what has made us the brand that we are. Um, and it's a team that I've been able to, to build really from the ground up. It started with like me, 20% of my time and 20% of this person's time and 20% of this person's time. And, you know, gradually over, over the last um, about two years, we're now over 20 people um, and just trying to be incredibly thoughtful about who we bring in and how they add to the culture and how they believe in our mission, our opportunity. So really, you know, my I see my job as as setting them up to do to do their best because I'm not a creative director. I'm not a product development director. I'm not a, an education and brand director. I'm not a marketing director. So really, you know, I need them to come in and, and do what I can't tell me what I don't know. Right. So, um, I try to provide the vision. Where do we want to be this year, next year, the year after that? What are the most important pillars to us and how will those pillars be changing in three years? What will clean look like? What will sustainability look like? What will having great skin results at home look like? What will be democratizing an industry that used to be expensive and, and closed? Um, providing that direction and then really helping them think inside of um, they're part of it. You know, how far can we push it? What new products can we make? How can we create campaigns that really disrupt the conversation and bring more positivity to skincare that turn the norms upside down and welcome more people into it who felt like this was only for, you know, a certain type of group that I didn't belong to. Um, so there, I, it's, it's so cliche. There's no typical, there's no typical day. Um, it's Spoken a like a true days. entrepreneur. <laughs> like, I mean, yes. you know, there's no typical day. <laughs> Get my Alfreds. <laughs> no. Yeah. There's a, a lot of meetings. We're all remote right now. Um, and it's, I'd say it's, it's a mix of like really thinking big and, and what can we do differently? What, what do we want to change about the world that we live in and the industry live in? in the industry we work in and then like the, the oh shit like things are going wrong like this product is late this thing happened like how do we how do we re revision what we, where we thought we would be and for a startup that ambiguity and uncertainty and just up and down is is such a big part of it so it's really about trying to to balance those two pieces as best as you can. So, you know, when I look at your products and I look at the brand, I see um, perfection. Uh, you know, I see something that's very well thought out, that's simple, but, you know, easy to understand, that's easy to use. Like there's no, there's no, you know, I'm not just saying this because you're on the podcast. I'm actually having you on because I don't see anything wrong with anything that you guys stand for. So, you know, for the listener whose life is in shambles and doesn't need something to... Um, to hold on to. Can you share with us maybe a, like a roadblock that you had or, or something that was kind of a challenge along the way when creating the brand? Yeah. Um, just so that people just don't see that creating a brand is this, like the, the perfect finished product. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So many, so many challenges along the way. I think, you know, one big challenge is just working with physical product. I came from a very digitally heavy background where you're dealing with websites, you're dealing with 
apps, emails, and there's so much more control and nibbleness to that. You know, when you're making a physical product, when we make this, this weekend glow, we make 10,000 to 20,000 of these products at a time. And the whole cycle can take anywhere from four to six months. And if anything goes wrong along that way, let's say a raw material is out. We just ran into a printing problem. We do a huge amount of testing on our products for compatibility. Um, but the issue that we run into is the product is, is happy and, and, and stable in the component. But once the component was printed, the formula that's on the inside um, interacted with the printing and caused the, the printing to rub and chip off. And, and like you said, you know, we are, we're so perfectionist at times and just, we feel, I personally feel so strongly about who this brand is and, and how much we owe to it and how we want it to be presented. So we don't want to put anything out there that's going to chip. So that's something that we're dealing with right now. You know, we plan to launch a product in, in a few weeks and we've now discovered this big issue that, um, you know, really could, could impact it. So those are the things that pop up, you know, often it, it does have to do with, with working with a physical product because there's just so many things that can go wrong. And then, yeah. that, and then honestly that do go wrong. And then when you add COVID into that and supply chains are so messed up and this manufacturer is closed and this one is working so much more slowly, um, it's kind of rife with, with challenges. Um, yeah. And I think especially when, when you are doing something for the first time, I mean, we developed this brand without having any idea if people would like it. We knew we liked it. <laughs> um, and that there is so much, I would say, second guessing and, and just, you know, really needing to, to, to keep believing in it. And the response has been incredible. But there are certainly some products that we were wrong about. And even some of my, my favorite products are some of the slower movers. So Which ones you know, are those? Um, the body oil for one, like I am obsessed with our body oil. I have it on right now. I put it on 10 minutes ago. It's a beautiful dry oil with uh, a white floral, very light fragrance. Um, but you know, I think the, the consumer is still, they're, they're not investing as much in body care as they are in facial skincare. So that's been a tougher item. So I would say that, you know, we tend to be right maybe 75% of the time. Yeah. And it's that 25% that really matters because it's the failures and the wrong guesses that you learn from so much more than getting something spot on. I love someone from a brand who's like willing to share some of, you know, the, 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 the challenging aspects, because I feel like whenever people come on a podcast, they're like, no, I'm, everything's fine. We're good. Like the, these are things that people who, you know, want to get involved in the skincare community want to know about. You know what I mean? Like we already know that Vest is amazing. We use the products. You obviously use your own products um, and they all work very well together because I have a skincare routine. I've tried the skincare routine that's just Vest and it works beautifully on its own. What are the products that you use on yourself? And then do you kind of mix them with other skincare brands that you like, or do you just use them together? Yeah. I mean, my, my staple regimen is, is from birth and I love my first babies. Um, but I do, I had to have some items that I was using before that we haven't made something that's quite like that. And then I love to do just a lot of testing when other new products launch that seem like a different form, different story, you know, kind of being able to try them and, and learn from them. Um, and then I'm constantly testing for that we're developing that we think we like. So it, it's, it's a mix. And I would say, you know, anyone as seasons changes, your skin changes, you want to be mixing up your regimen. Uh, ones that are always my go-to favorites are Weekend Glow Daily Brightening Solution. I do have sunspots. I do have really bad hormonal acne because I have a thyroid condition. And that's incredible for breaking down that pigments that, that's left behind. So I love that item so, so much. 
Um, I love our hydration station, our, our hyaluronic acid booster, because I have both dry skin, especially living in Los Angeles, but also that tendency to break out. So something that provides hydration without any of the oiliness is, is really, really amazing. Um, and then I use our, our dew point, um, gel cream, light moisturizer, and that's great for underneath makeup. Um, one of my other favorite moisturizers is by, uh, used to the people They're they're lighter moisturizer, they're lighter moisturizer. And that's another brand that I just, I have so much love and respect for. So I love trying their products. And then for day, I just finish it out with our guards up, um, daily mineral SPF hands down, no questions asked my favorite sunscreen literally ever made. I love wearing it. It gives you just like a little bit of blurring on my skin. It's a hundred percent physical. Um, so no chemical sunscreens, reef safe, but no white cast and, and no, um, oiliness or tendency to break out. So to me, that's really just a holy grail product. And then at night is when that's when like things get a little bit more intense. Mm -hmm. Um, so at night I'll also use our weekend glow and hydration station. I love a good retinol. We have an amazing retinol, the press resort gentle retinol serum. I've been using retinol since I was a, a, a wee, a wee last. And I have a prescription strength one that's, you know, like the highest strength you can get. So I use that. It's called Tazerac. Um, but this is a great, the gentle, um, gentle retinol serum is a great starter retinol. I even use that on my neck and my chest. Um, so do I. and then I, I love, uh, tools. I dermaplane once a week. I do microcurrent, um, new face I've, I've used in love. I've actually switched to a higher strength one, pure lift, which is the one that they use at face gym. Yeah. So I was missing all my, my in-office treatment. So I, I upgraded to that one. Um, and then just love experimenting with, with different um, facial peels and resurfacing. We have a, another product I, I really, really am loving is our new facial polish, our mm -hmm. microcrystal facial polish, Daymaker. And that's just an amazing physical exfoliator. Um, so to me, like, honestly, I would say like my routine is very minimalist because everything has a strong purpose. Um, but it's definitely, you know, there, there's a few steps in there and just love trying out new stuff too. Well, that's one thing that I really love about the brand. I feel like, you know, when beauty started becoming such a big community online, people would watch YouTube videos and I saw people's cabinets and they used to have hundreds of products, you know, that they would just pack on and just, you know, think that the more the merrier. And I feel like this is what I get from your brand philosophy. You can have four great products and have a very effective routine because the way I see it with your products is, you know, you can shop more intentionally. You don't have to buy three serums. You can buy just one that's going to like do so much for you. All these brands make you feel like, well, you need this product if you have yeah. dry skin, but then you also need this one if you have pigmentation, but then you also need this one if you're dehydrated, but you also need to double cleanse. And you're like, okay, I love double cleansing, but a skincare regime with you guys is a bit more intentional, which is why I'm a huge fan of the brand. I feel like I need to stop being so nice about the brand because that's definitely off brand for me. But it's true. Like I genuinely really love it and use it all the time. The, the, I don't know if you know a lot about this, but to me, you know, I was reading about it, obviously. And it's kind of surprising to me that no other brand has really done what you guys have done before. You've created this whole strategy and this whole formula where I see, I can see your brand at Target, for example 
example, which back in the day would be associated with like alcohol and like mm. parabens and all these negative ingredients and like cheap skincare that doesn't work. And I would go straight to Revolve and Cult Beauty where, you know, I would find the right ingredients, but then I would kind of have to pay a lot more for and I wouldn't know if it was right for me. So how were you guys able to kind of fit in the middle and be involved with all of these different, you know, um, retailers and have a brand kind of match all of their criteria? Yeah. And you know, it's, that's, that was the big question. You know, we wanted to really break open skincare and make it more democratic and make it more accessible. And, you know, I, I had worked with Target before we had all worked with Target before and everyone shops there. Like you shop there, the highest household income shop. There. You know, so Target, it's, it's a retailer that reaches everyone. And, has also done an incredible job investing in experience and even investing in, in clean beauty. I mean, they've been one of the first retailers to, to really recognize what clean means. So I think the first thing is really just challenging norms. And that's something that I've, I've loved to do my entire career. Just like ask why, like, why is it done this way? Why are brands cleaner when they're at Sephora? Why is the same formula, the same hero ingredients cost four times as much when it's at this retailer versus this retailer? And I think, you you know, I had to really get under the hood. And that was one area where my past experience working directly with contract beauty manufacturers was really valuable because I had sat down with chemists and I asked, like, tell me the difference between this formula that you're selling for $80 and this formula that you're selling for 20 And, you know, well, it's, it's honestly the packaging. So, you know, we, we set a, a high bar in terms of wanting to have formulas that rival the prestige formulas, but wanting to make it something that like everyone can afford, which for us, you know, it, it started as under $20. And, you know, we just had to really push and push and push until we get there. And one thing that was incredible about our mass retail footprint, like we launched in 1800 doors, that gives you so much efficiency of scale that you know, these amazing direct consumer indie brands don't have. So that gives us more, more power with our manufacturers. And then it was really finding manufacturers that would come to the table with us and, and, you know, build these really streamlined formulas. We use all stock componentry. There's not a single custom mold. When you see those beautiful artful bottles, those cost a lot of money to make. And honestly, you're probably paying more for that bottle than you are for what's inside. So and you can't travel with it. It's true though. And it's crazy. And, you know, I think like if you're someone that loves a good shelfie and you want to invest in it, do it great. If it, if it brings you joy. Um, but for the majority of people who just don't want to have that breakout or that like crazy line in between <laughs> your eyes, like you don't, you don't need that special packaging. I feel like your packaging may be not as elaborate as other brands, but a lot of, I see it all over Instagram. There's something about it that I was actually going to talk to you about this. The, the packaging is very minimal, but there's something about it yeah. that just makes me want to put it on my Instagram. It doesn't need to be expensive to be beautiful. It doesn't need to be like over the top ornate to, to be beautiful. And, and that was also something that we really challenged. And it takes, we have an incredible art director, Kate, who's been with us from the very, very beginning. And she really saw that and knew how to bring that to life and knew how to partner with our manufacturers that were saying, well, here's the packaging options that you have and could see how to breathe life into them and make them something so special. So it's, it's, it's tough to do, um, but it can be done. And that was what we saw that it, it could be done. 
Yeah, I kind of feel like you guys achieved the impossible because, you know, even even I'm having this issue with my podcast. I'm like, yeah, I'm a bitchy podcaster and I talk about reality TV. But there's also a part of me that wants to like provide this like valuable, meaningful content from time to time. And I'm like, where's the happy medium? And I feel like you guys did that with skincare. And I'm like, how the fuck does this happen with podcasting? I got lost in my questions now because I'm oversharing and I'm an oversharer. This happens sometimes. Who was the first like celebrity that kind of posted about your products and like who kind of created the snowball effect. So I know that you guys had all the retailers and yeah. you had that on your side, but you guys also have a massive online presence. And I kind of want to know what was the milestone of like, oh, someone huge posted about my brand. Yeah. I remember there was one day, I think it was maybe like a week or two in that Courtney Kardashian and Rosie Huntington Whiteley posted about us on the same day. Oh, wow. And I had to just sit down for a second. <laughs> and absorb this, this brand that I had been working on for a year and a half that no one knew existed. Like, you know, doesn't matter. Like, wow, like that, that, that was huge. And, and, and honestly, like the amount of support that we've had from celebrities, like, you know, Lizzo has been a part of what we're doing. We know Adele loves us. Like it's, it's, it's people that certainly they have all, all the access and, and knowing that they like what we're doing certainly means a lot, but it goes all the way down to the community as well. And hearing those messages from people that, you know, didn't feel like skincare was for them, didn't feel like they were able to invest in themselves those way, um, that way. And, and also just appreciating what we stand for. And, and when we're honest about our challenges, like, yes, we, we manufacture in plastic, which means that we have to really think a lot about waste. We have to really seek out both recyclable and recycled materials, but it's not going to catch hundred percent of the waste footprint. You know, the fact that we're honest about that has really meant a lot to people who I think are grappling with all these things on their own. So there's been a lot of big moments, um, along the way where I kind of, I just like look around the room and it's like, it's just us. <laughs> This is a very self-absorbed podcast. And I kind of want to show you some of the products that I'm using. I use the cleansing balm, but I've run out of it just yesterday. And they don't sell it in London. So I'm going to have to go on Revolve and order it. Love that. We're, we're working on that, by the way. So you'll be able to pick it up locally soonish. In England? Yes. <laughs> um, so it's my favorite cleansing balm. And it smells so good. It gives you like the aromatherapy as well. Yeah, um, it's like a spa in a bottle. Yeah, without hurting your eyes. So I was like, check, check, check. Thank you. Um, I recently, so the reason yeah. why you said I had good skin today is because I did this mask this morning. That's a great one for detoxing. Now, do you do your whole face or do you do um, just kind of like your your T-zone and breakout spots? I do my whole face um, just because I my whole face needs it. I've been yeah. traveling a lot. My face just needed an overall cleanse. If I see that I do just have, you know, kind of these T-zone areas, mm -hmm. super, super bad, I'll do them just on those areas. But I've been breaking out all over recently because I yeah. waxed my face. Huh. Yeah. You know, when you like wax your sideburns, which I don't have, it's peach fuzz, but it bugs me when I wear makeup. So so I have dermaplane and that takes care of that stuff. But I'm I, I've been afraid to do dermaplane. Oh my gosh. It's okay. Tell like me. Tell me. It's amazing. Um, so I, I was afraid to do it too. And someone actually came into the office and did it on, on us. And that was like, okay, I get it. And it's not that scary. Yeah. Um, you have to be careful. The one I love is, is the stacked dermaplane and it's manual. And just read the directions carefully. You know, you go in, in the grain of the skin. You never want to apply pressure. But 
it both exfoliates off that type, top layer of dead skin and it gets all the peach fuzz. And afterwards, my skin looks so much smoother. It feels so much smoother. And anything I put on, like you just feel it sucking up in there more. So I'm a fan, like it, it is kind of scary, um, but gosh, love those results. And the hair doesn't grow back thicker, you know, like a, like a man's beard that shaves. No, I do okay. it once a week and it's just like the perfect, perfect amount of time just to take care of it. May have to start on this. Um, obviously, I use the Weekend Glow. This is my yeah. third bottle of this, um, not lying. And I've used quite a bit of this new one as well. I had this like stain, this like sun stain that, I mean, yeah. it, now it's contour, it's makeup, but it's really weird because I actually went to this dermatologist and was like, I can do some laser treatment on you, whatever. And this like got, it didn't get rid of like 100% of it, but I can honestly say that 60% of it is gone because I've been yeah. using this for like six months. Yes. So this is incredible. And then I really wanted to discuss about this because I've been using this. This is like almost empty now. I use this every single night. And I kind of wanted you to um, talk us through the basic principles of retinol and why it's not as bad as people think, because I feel like a lot of people are funny about retinol and they're afraid to use it. Um, I use the the Press Restart Gentle Retinol Serum every single night. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and I, that certainly like retinol is not for everyone. What's amazing about retinol is it promotes that cell turnover deep down. So it, it helps keep your skin looking younger. For me, like I even noticed a difference with my blackheads because it's, it's turned over beneath. And I feel that retinol and SPF, like those are the single most important things you will do for anti-aging. And if you can just get those down, like you're going to be good. Um, the things to know about retinol are the strength of retinol that you're using and, and just to be aware of how sensitized your skin is because it is, uh, it, it isn't an, an ingredient that can aggravate skin. So the first time you start using it, you know, always, um, use it once, maybe start once every two nights, once every three nights and give your skin time to work up. When I started, I got really aggressive and I put it on every night and then I woke up maybe the third morning and I had given myself a chemical peel where my entire face was red and flaking because I just got a little, I got a little overexcited. Um, and then it's also, it's an, it's an ingredient that you really want to let do its work and not combine it with other things. So I just use the retinol and put my moisturizer on, on top of that. Um, don't use it with, um, with other acids. Don't combine it with other, you know, hardworking active ingredients only use it at night because it can cause sun sensitivity. So you want to be careful of that. When you've used it at night, make sure you wash it off in the morning, then also put an SPF on. So you're not exposing yourself to more of those sunspots and damage. Um, But if you're aware of those things, you know, working your way into it, only using it at night, not combining it with other, other actives, you know, the results are just so, so incredible. And you'll start to see them honestly after your first week. And just with consistency, I think it's the best thing that you can do to to keep that that youthful glow. Um, What's really special about our retinol, we talked to a lot of people and either people were already using a retinol and said, single best thing in my regimen, I love it. Or they said, it's not for me. My skin is too sensitive. It's going to wreak havoc. I can't do it. So we really tried to develop our retinol for people that, you know, could get great results from it, but just were too scared of the ingredient. And we did that first by using an encapsulated retinol. And what that does is instead of staying at the surface where it can cause that redness and irritation, it sinks deep down into your skin layers where it can do the most work. Uh, And then the second thing that we did is we combined retinol with 
natural retinol mimicking ingredients like bakuchiol. So you get more of those retinol effects without such a high concentration of retinol that causes that redness and irritation. So it is, it's, it's a great beginner type formula, great formula for someone with sensitive skin, or even for me that I love, like my, my retinol is the highest strength I can get. I still use our presser start on, you know, other areas that are a little bit more sensitive. Even all the way down to my, to my boobs. Like, yep. Literally. Perfect. You want to go from hairline to chest. That's like, where your regimen should be. <laughs> Use the retinol on the tits, my friends. I mean, not not on the nipples. Like, let's not lie. Not on the nipples, but just you want to use it everywhere. It's amazing. You know, I even use it on my hands. Yeah, so like, do I. Anywhere that I've, I've used it on my feet, like now that I can't get a pedicure. <laughs> <laughs> anywhere that you want, just like some soft, soft supple. <laughs> you should advertise it as the new fish pedicure. I know you can't give it to me, but I'm going to have to go there. Can we get like a sneak peek or something or something that excites us about something that you guys are about to come up with? Do you have anything new coming? I just want to know if there's anything new in the world. Yeah, well, we we always have new fun stuff coming. Um, Some of the things that I am excited about, we're going to be doing our first tool. So as as I've said, like I'm big into tools. I was going (laughs) to ask about this. That's amazing. Honestly, like when you're looking for results, a lot can be done with topical products, but tools, like they just, there's something that can't, you know, no cream is going to do what a tool can do. Um, So we're going to launch our first tool. And then, yeah, we have some, some really exciting newness coming up. I think things that we, we hear from people, they really want that glowy skin. They want that hydration, but they don't want the oiliness. Um, we hear from people that they're still really struggling with, with dark spots, with that pigmentation, but they don't want to use something super harsh over their whole face. So there's certainly a lot more that, that we want to do and that we'll have coming up. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all this information. I mean, you've made me want to go and buy 300 more products from Vest. Melanie, it was such a pleasure to to have you. Can you let everyone know where they can find you, find the brand, find your socials if they want to reach out? Yeah, find uh, us at our website, versskin.com. And we're on social at Versed, V-E-R-S-E-D. And I'm on Instagram at also Mel B. (laughs) 